0: Shoots. Oh my goodness. Louis Snoddy. Here goes Daryl DK at one horn. DK shoots. Skies. DK wins it for an end
1: What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Lions Blog Podcast. This is your host Gavin and I'm in a little bit of a different audio situation than I normally am, so you can probably hear some background noise. I may be louder or quieter than usual. Might be hearing my peas a little bit more, my p pop pop peas. Um basically my my mother is in town to go to a big conference that she needs to go to for work and she is staying in uh our guest bedroom which just so happens to be my podcast room as well so i am out in the living room and i'm on my laptop so that is just the situation we're in right now uh sorry if you don't like it it will just be for this podcast um hopefully (laughs) Uh gonna go ahead and introduce my lovely co-hosts who are here with me today. That is right, co-hosts. We got two of the boys on today. Chase, how you doing today, my friend?
2: I'm good. I just had an IM game and I pulled my quad and it's my first muscle injury ever, which is just a reminder of the crippling passage of time, so
1: <laughs> I think it's a reminder of how good you are. Only only the best players get uh my God, muscle yeah, injuries
2: old. If I wasn't <laughs> running you know, if I wasn't running my hardest, nothing would happen. So at least I was putting the for in. Precisely. You're just a little too sweaty, my friend.
0: Adam, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic, coming in hot with the same audio quality as always. You know, gotta love that Rock Band mic.
1: <laughs> You're in a little bit of a different audio situation too, though.
0: I but am. In, I have in
1: terms of Rock Band mic.
0: I have engineered my setup that I am able to record this podcast from my bed, and I am living. (laughs) Well, don't fall asleep on us, please. Um,
1: Let's go ahead and get started. We do have to talk about the game that happened on Saturday. It was a 2-1 defeat to FC Cincinnati um i don't think a single orlando city fan would have predicted dropped points let alone a loss at home to a team who is on a 14 match losing streak but we're just feeling in the giving mood i guess feeling like giving teams their 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 first win of the season first win in a long time and uh i'm not a fan of the, the giving mood in all honesty so i guess let's just do what we normally do and talk and talk about the game, analyze the game. And the first place I wanted to start is with the lineup. And Chase, you haven't been on a pod this episode uh, or this this season. So I want to get your thoughts on how you felt about the lineup given that Benji came out and Kara came in and there was a shakeup in the way the front three
2: played. Hmm. Well, before the game, I was feeling very positive about it. I was thinking that potentially, like it's interesting to see what type of role Pato was going to take up because obviously Carr would be more central and Pato, as much as he's probably best centrally, he could also play out wide or even like a little bit more withdrawn or something like that. So I I was pretty excited about it. And in all honesty, I don't think like, you know, we'll kind of talk about it. Like, I don't think they played, the play on the field was particularly bad. It was just in like crucial areas where we were poor, which obviously is a bad thing, but it's something that can be ironed out um and i think when we looked our best is when we were keeping the ball on the ground and kind of moving play quickly and uh, you know using a lot of the very technical players inside of our lineup um and you know benji michelle as much as he is like a pretty decent goal scorer someone who can't exploit space and not an awful technical player um you know i think that Cara, Pato, Pereira even, and and Facundo Torres, like the interplay that they could potentially bring off, you know, when they're completely gelled together is very interesting and, and, you know, possibly very very deadly, I guess you could say. So I was was interested to see how they played, and I didn't think it was terrible. And, you know, pregame, I thought the lineup was quite good, and it's something that, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing in the future, but, you know, it all depends on kind of how they mesh together and if they're able to get actual results, you know.
1: So I'm going to go ahead and um, pat myself on the back a little bit and say that I was right. <laughs> and Adam, I'm going over to you with this kind of question I want to hear your thoughts on. But I was feeling that if we ever saw the attack that we saw, the, the players on the field that we saw, that we would see Facundo shoved out to the left in that left that, that strict left winger role. We would see Kara on obviously the center forward. And we'd see Pato floating on the right like Faku usually does. And Adam, (laughs) you decided to tweet at me saying it's cute that you think that's going to happen. And that's precisely what happened. And so the reason I thought it was going to happen is because in preseason and all the games we've seen so far that left-wing spot has been very strict. It's been a very strict up-and-down roll. You can cut in a little bit, but you're mainly helping cover that left wing. And that's exactly what happened. Now, Pato on the right, he was um, cutting in, but not really holding the width as well. And with the way Cincinnati clogged the midfield they were playing like a 3-5-2 but they were still kind of had that diamond it was just a deeper deeper diamond with Jeff Cameron the center back at the base of it um, kind of dropping in as a third center back when they had the ball going up into a slightly forward center defensive midfielder but barely um, and, and Pato was just moving into the midfield where it was way too clogged up and we couldn't do anything so um, do you think, with the benefit of hindsight, this is an attack we could use today? Is Was today the right day to introduce that, or should we have maybe introduced it later on the season, or is it not a sustainable attack to move forward with at all?
0: I mean, I would have approached it a little bit differently, but I'm not going to sit here and question Oscar Breja because of one game in which the finishing didn't come off, but we did create plenty of chances. I'm not going to sit here and do that because the attack, as far as the tactical side of it worked, you know, our players got in dangerous positions. The ball got to them in those positions. We had um, shot shot enough times that we should have scored more goals. Their goalkeeper, I think, What's not being said enough in the discourse is ha- he had an incredible game out candid and absolutely stole the game from us. I think he, I, by my count, he saved three or four um, shots on goal that an average goalkeeper would have let in. He's a very good goalkeeper and I'm very happy that Atlanta let him walk and kept Brad and instead. I'm not, personally the biggest fan of keeping faku bottled up on the left i think he's i think he's better on the right because he he's one of the only players that's that's just as fast almost as fast as juan no one's quite as fast as juan but he's almost as fast as juan he keeps up with him better there i think that faku and he have good chemistry together um i think taking them away from each other was a mistake and likewise, I think Pato has played really well on the left, especially, I know Benji didn't start uh, in this game, but he he and Benji seem to have good chemistry on the left. And uh, also him and Mutinho have played well together. So I, I would have swapped those roles and kind of let both of them play a little more free. And if we're going to play with a, a front four as talented as Pato, Torres, Cara, Mauricio, I think you can let uh, the three non-Cara guys have more of a free role. Rather than you know sticking Faku because Faku is the only natural winger there, sticking Faku in that one winger spot and keeping him there, I think that hindered the attack a little bit. But I'm not going to say that it didn't work and that I wouldn't want to see it again because we created plenty of chances,
1: Chase. Well, what do you think? Because personally, I, I think it is a, a front three that can work. Um, I do if if we're going to play those three players. I would rather have Facundo on the left than Pato on the left but that's because all I see us doing in the future is the using the left wing role the way we have to start the season. Now obviously that can change, maybe there's a little bit more freedom on the left wing but then does Urso come out for Mendez and Mendez sits a little deeper? Um, like there's, there's little changes and nuances that have to happen if we're going to have a free roaming uh, left and right winger. Um, but but what do you think? With those three players, do you think that's the starting front three? Um, or do you think it was just a this-game thing, and do you think it's sustainable?
2: Well, I think it is very intriguing because, obviously, Kara is going to come in and not only expect to be a starter, but also, you know, we, we paid a transfer fee for him. And he's, he is a very, you know, he's been a good goal scorer all throughout his career. But also, I think Paso is like one of our best players. Um, at least in the first three games and I think that we have to kind of find a way to get the best out of both of them in order to have a completely successful season Um, so yeah I think that you know some combination of this front three whether or not you have you know Facundo out on the right or on the left is something that has to be I don't know figured out I think that maybe part of me thinks that he might be all right on the left because, you know, if Pato is going to, uh, you know, tuck in a little bit more, you can then have Juan kind of going up and taking up that outside wing spot, even though his delivery this game was absolutely awful, unfortunately. Um, but that also being said, I think that Juan has looked his best when he and Chris last season and the season before that were able to interplay very well. And maybe that can be Facundo Torres because, you know, he's a player that is good in tight spaces. And like Adam said, like, he is also very quick. So they can kind of, like, I mean, keep up with each other is not the right word. But they'll be able to kind of, like, overlap and interchange with each other, if you get what I'm saying. Um, And you mentioned something very interesting about, like, Urso coming out and then maybe Sebas coming in. And even for, like, an independent reason, I kind of think that that is something... That might have to happen because I think Sebas is a bit of a better like, you know, shoveler of the ball. If that makes sense, like he's not necessarily going to break lines, but I think that he's good at advancing the ball a lot better. And Urso, while he is like a goal threat, like we saw last night, and that's something that he's been pretty consistently, um, he's not necessarily, I feel personally, as good as kind of getting the ball forward. Um, And I don't really think Cesar Araujo is somebody who's that good at that. overly great at that either at least from what i've seen so that is a change that i would be interested in making as well but yeah i think that you know kind of to answer your question in a very roundabout way i think at least with the squad that we have right now and come may there could be some more players coming in potentially especially attacking players i think that this is the front three that we kind of have to make work whatever the variation of that is because you know these are our three very clearly best attackers
1: Yeah, Now you you touched on something that I've kind of been going back and forth about on this game. So, Adam, I'm going to get your thoughts and then I'll give mine. For me, throughout that first half, I felt this was a Mendez game versus an Urso game to start. Because the midfield was clogged, what you talked about, I guess I'll just give my thoughts now. Um, but I, I felt it was it was a Mendez game. He's a shuttler of the ball. He he's good in, in um, combination play. Can play those one twos. Can get past a man. Um, a good tackler and can can play like there's two people in the midfield when it's just him sort of thing. He can he can compensate. And with the extra number of bodies that Cincinnati had in midfield, I thought that this was a game that he could have succeeded in and that we could have used his skill set now maybe he's injured maybe he's not 100 percent fit we don't know all the behind the scenes um because he was pretty much a locked in starter last season but if he is fit if he is ready to play how do you balance the the goal scoring threat that urso obviously brings versus mendez who for me anyways his player profile fit this game
2: better
0: well, if, if we're looking back on this game, I think you got the wrong guy. You don't take Urso out, you take Ojo out. Yeah, I, I mean, at least that's how I see it. Urso played a great game. I think we're selling sure. I mean, he scored our only goal, first of all. And his late runs are extremely, extremely viable to the side um, and to how our attack wants to work, especially if we're going to be putting in those crosses like we did. You want guys coming in that second wave to pick up any rebounds because that's part of crossing offense. You can't just expect to get on the end of crosses every single time. You got to basically make chaos happen and have guys crashing the box. And Urso's our best midfielder at that. He also worked extremely, extremely hard and created chances, you know, uh, getting two loose balls, uh, getting interceptions and tackles. I I think Urso played well araujo on the other hand had had a poor game at least for his standards so far he had a couple bad giveaways uh he just didn't seem to be the destroyer in midfield that he i mean he really isn't a destroyer he's more of like a, just a solid defensive presence but he he lacked in that can i give you my theory as to why he struggled why because they had an extra man in midfield i mean there sure, there's too but... many people and he couldn't he couldn't position so, himself so to then you take so then instead of playing him at the six you play the more experienced guy sebas mendez who is a more defensively solid destroyer who will uh he will rush down anyone who gets the ball and immediately press them and probably pick up a yellow but he'll look good doing it and he'll also the problem with arujo in getting forward and, and maybe this is a coaching note that he wants to, uh that Pereja wants him to stay back and pick up loose balls, but he he passes, I think, too much. He doesn't carry the ball a lot. He he gets the ball and immediately shuttles it to Pereira, Torres, Pato, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it was in this game because we kind of, with the advan- man advantage they had in midfield, we needed a guy to kind of be an extra participant in that process of getting the ball through midfield instead of just getting it and immediately moving it on. Um, I think Mendez is better at that that combo play passing it and then making himself available uh, once again instead of Atohu is just passing it like okay Mauricio has the ball I'm done now if that makes any sense I, I think I, mean, I think I think Mendez sense, at yeah. the six would have been a lot better in this game than Atohu at the six.
1: Yeah, and we'll see what happens next match. Um, Chase, for you, I mean, we've, we've already talked Juan to death on this podcast as a whole. We, we all know his pr- pros and cons, so I don't really want to go too much into that. Mm-hmm. A player I do want to go into, though, who I've thought has had a really poor last couple of weeks is uh, Maurizio Pereira. Um, I thought he had a couple of really bad giveaways in this match. Um, if, if If you guys go and look through the Chicago video analysis thread that I dropped Saturday morning, he had a he made a lot almost not almost every time, but he made a lot of wrong decisions in transition in the attack and he would he would play a long ball when he should have played it short, or he would take two or three extra steps before making the same pass he would have made, um, and he's staring at Benji Michel, or, or you know, just bad touches in the midfield. He, he did not look great in the Chicago match, and I haven't had a chance to rewatch this match, but I feel like he had good moments and bad moments in this game, but uh, more bad moments than we're used to. So how do you feel about Pereira's performance this season? And then especially in this game, where do you think it went wrong for him?
2: Yeah, part of me, like, and, you know, this is this might not be the most, like, fleshed out thought, I guess, but part of me feels like Mauricio is a much better, at least at this point in his career, I feel like he is much better. Like, where he is most creative is in the buildup as opposed to, like, the final ball if that makes sense. So, like, he's obviously not the type of 10 that I think is going to pick up the ball and run at defenses and then, you know, slip someone in behind, even though, like, obviously, he's Chase quite capable of that. Yeah. yeah. I, like, he's not like a Lucho Acosta, which we saw, like, you know, at least in the first goal, like, he was able to pick that ball up in space, pick his head up, and then slip someone in behind. So that's kind of why I think our midfield looks potentially, like, a little bit unbalanced. Like, I think that a lot of the creative burden is fall- falling on him. And not that he's not a great creative player, uh, especially by MLS standards, but like I think that he would definitely benefit by having somebody a little bit more dynamic next to him, um, but I think that would also kind of require him picking up a little bit more of his defensive responsibility, which isn't necessarily consistently happening. Well, but...
1: something we've talked about on here as well is he needs runners, and yet again, we're looking at Pato, who's not making runs in behind, Kara, who's not making runs in behind, and Faku, who honestly has been not making too many runs in behind he's made a couple but he hasn't made you know he's not benji and you look at when benji comes in and he stretched the play for us he was someone who was making those runs and we were able to put the ball in behind their defense and stretch them and we just didn't have that do you think that could be an issue
2: yeah or a part
1: of the issue i should say sorry
2: yeah like like when when we talk about like you know i mentioned earlier like a line breaking passer like, Mauricio definitely has the capability to be somebody like that. Um, but I think that the more technical front three that we have is maybe not playing into that strength. And also that could be an issue for Cara as well, because obviously he's somebody who is exceptionally well at hold-up play, and then he would benefit from having players run off of them. So, you know, there's obviously still a role for Benji in this team because that's where he excels. And, and that's actually something, just generally speaking, like, I'll, I need to see more of like Facundo, like this is kind of like tangentially related, but there were a few times where he would pick up the ball and then he would kind of have Alvis Powell, not necessarily isolated, but he was standing him up. And, you know, I was kind of wanting him to maybe go at him more and try to take him off the dribble. But, you know, this isn't always a bad thing, but he would kind of let the play develop a bit more and like let Zhao come and then have Mauricio show or something like that or Pato or whomever. And that is something that, you know, if we are able to get the ball forward, I wouldn't mind seeing him. Obviously, you don't want to just, like, run for running's sake. But, like, if he has, like, space against, you know, Alvis Powell, who's not been the greatest player in this league, I feel like the past couple of years, I want to see a bit more of that. And maybe that could come in from, like, Picatone or somebody like that as well. But it's we definitely do need to have more movement off the ball because I think that while these are our best attacking players, I think Pato is maybe even a little bit, He's good at, like, finding space if you're going to deliver, like, a final ball to him from wide areas and stuff like that. But I almost think that where he's really good, too, is personally himself picking up the ball and then looking to slip someone in behind or, or being very involved in build-up play. So, you know, there's kind of a lack of movement in behind and players getting into space, trying to, you know, receive the ball and, and create chances and be dangerous.
0: I mean, so. if, you, if you'll notice a lot this year, the, uh, I mean... With our starting position, Mariso is not starting in a ten position. He's starting in an eight position. That left eight—it's it's, it's yeah. in the six. Mariso is the left eight, and UrsO is the right eight. It's uh, it's not the traditional central playmaker that people think because he has a ten on his back. Honestly, I think that's probably his best role at this point in his career, because he's he's not quite dynamic enough just of an athlete to take on players and make problems himself in the final third he's gonna pass it to someone who can do that for him and i think that suits him much better as an eight as someone who can control the flow of the game rather than someone whose job it is to make sure the ball gets in the back of the net and that that seems to be more pato's job this year is is, he's the one kind of trying to get that that inlet pass to cara or to faku or to benji or, or whoever And um, I I thought I thought Mauricio was good in that role. I don't think he had a bad game. I just think we're expecting the wrong thing of him because we have this idea of who he should be, and that's not who he is. Mauricio is great, great, great in build up. If you look at his underlying numbers, he's like top. He's like ninetieth percentile or better in like almost every uh, number related to build up and passing and. He's one of the best passers in the league, almost bar none. The problem is that he has never been a guy who has a nose for goal, so he doesn't have he doesn't have that shooter's mentality or or the killer instinct almost to will the ball into the back of the net, whether it be with an assist or with a shot himself. And so that I think can. Tr- contributes to our lack of finishing at times because he's not a finisher if we had like a lucho acosta type who can score almost just as well as he can assist i think that would reflect in the type of finishing that we do so i'm not sure what the 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 solution is maybe it's to play more faku and pato in that 10 role and and again give them some more freedom and play have them come a lot more centrally in And control the ball in the final third and have Mauricio sit back a bit there um, is maybe what I would try but it's I think we are looking at how Mauricio plays the wrong way and not appreciate the things he does well enough and also expecting things of him that he's not going to do
1: possibly when I say I feel like he had a bad game I just feel like he didn't do the things that I expect him to do right. So I expect him to not give the ball away in poor in attacking areas. Um I expect him to um make the right decision when we're when we're attacking, right? I I expect him right. to have that technical quality uh, how many, and how he, many he just...
0: chances do we create? Like four, five, six? I, he did his job. He can't he can't put the ball in the back of the net. He's not going to. Not gonna happen. Ever will not. But, but did his, he create those chances? I don't I seriously he don't was, recall a chance that he created. Maybe not that came off of his foot, but he was instrumental in the build-up and getting those in getting into those positions that maybe Pato puts that ball in. I, I I think you have to look at it more than just did the ball come off his foot for a potential assist because obviously that well, yeah, wasn't obviously. happening. Much. But in terms of being part of the build up for all of those chances, absolutely he was. I think he was pretty good in that area.
1: Then then I guess what are you saying? He's not supposed to be are are you saying he's not supposed to be our prime creator?
0: I'm saying he won't be.
1: <laughs> then it, my, I guess my question is who is? Is it Pato on the right?
0: I, I think Pato or Faku. I think that that's what we're seeing. Faku had the assist.
1: Yeah, Faku had the assist, but that was yeah, and a broken play assist.
0: A broken play assist, back. but still, you know, it was a very nice cross.
1: It's an assist, but it's not a game-planned assist. It's a it's cross from Moutinho. Assist. It bounces off the defender, yeah. and he goes and wins it and puts in a beautiful cross. But he's also, but- he
0: he is a creator, though.
1: Yes, he is a creator, but I don't think we're seeing that. We didn't see him in that role on the right, and we didn't see him on the left either. No, and, and would, um, he's like not the, the prime there. creator. I, mean, I, I, think, that. Think that I think you're right with. Go ahead, Chase.
2: I love it. I, I think that Faku is more of like a talking point, I guess, right now than Mauricio is, because like you know, like I said, and like Adam said, I definitely think that Mauricio is not. You know, he's more of the build-up type creative player. Like he's a ball progressor and an advancer of the ball, and then Faku is the more I don't know, like, I'm just comparing him because that's who we're going against. He should be, I feel like, more in that Luciano Acosta role where he's, like, picking up the ball, running at defenses, and then trying to slip somebody in, you know? And I think that's where it should come from. But I agree also, it has not been coming from him. So something does have to change fundamentally. But I, th- I think I the think pieces Fa- are there.
1: I think Faku's best moments this season have come when he's picked up the ball and he's run out defenses. I think you're right, and I think that's the role we should be using him in. Um, in all reality, he's had a couple chances to do that, and he's done it a couple times, um, but a couple times he's taken the ball and taken a 25, 30-yard shot. He did it against Chicago. He took a unnecessary long shot when he could have run at a defense backing off of him. Um, so so that, those are the kind of the decisions that we need to improve on. I do think Faku is a talking point as well. Just to finish off on our, our last discussion here, though, I feel that Pato... I think you're right, Adam. Pato has been our main creator this season. I think he's been the one who the creativity rests on his shoulders. I think that's More fine. than Pereira. But I feel like the issue was, is Pato was coming in way too much against Cincinnati. And the midfield was clogged. He couldn't really get into the game. Um, and then our only outlet was, yet again, Huan. Juan. And Huan just
0: wasn't producing so you, today. You know, an, an easy, a very easy fix for that. It's so simple, it's dumb. What? Tell me what position, uh, Pereira played at Krasnodar. Right mid. Right mid. It's when when Pato comes in, Pereira goes out. That's the easy fix. Well, are you we saying like,
1: no, he's saying like, when like if we start with this front three moving forward, when Pato yeah. cuts in, uh, Pereira per- um, overlaps on the right.
0: Pereira needs to cover the yeah. right wing, so that's not just who out there. And I think no, we yeah, have I seen that kind of a of bit this that as well. Yeah, it's like a happening.
2: David Beckham-esque around. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that, that that's exactly what needs to happen. Is there needs to be freedom of movement and in the, in the front three? If you're gonna put three players out there. With the quality of pato torres and Pereira, all players with great quality on the ball you can't stick him in one spot cannot and he's do more it.
1: comfortable on the right and he's kind of being yeah. put in the
0: left exactly
1: and we you are have... a right-leaning team so he he kind of floats into that zone 14 10-ish area mm-hmm. but
0: i feel like on the right he could probably be more dangerous you, yeah, you have to allow them the freedom. If Pato wants to cut inside and he's going to create from the inside, you have to allow the freedom Pereira to go over and cover that spot in the right where he's comfortable. And maybe if Pato draws two defenders in, he can kick that ball out to the right. Pereira gets a free cross into Torres speeding in off the left. Torres gets the ball, hit, kicks it home.
1: So then, should we start Mendez at left
0: eight, Pereira at right eight, and Ara? at six no you start you start mendez at six you start i mean honestly they, they all flip flop it doesn't really matter Urso ends up in the left whatever you start Urso and prayer at eight mendez at six pato honestly it doesn't matter where you put Pato or torres you can flip flop them um but you can the, the left right? is a. the left wing is a very no. strict position you, i'm 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 not saying what prairie high will do i'm saying what i would do <laughs> oh, oh okay okay yeah you, you absolutely can flip flop them i would i would make that front three almost completely fluid or the, I'm, not i'm the front sure three, that's to the, come the basically the attacking midfield i want almost completely fluid to just find the weakness in the defense and constantly bite at it that's what I want
1: yep. and and obviously we, we created but we just weren't able to score based off of a goalkeeper who stood on his head and um, some poor defensive uh, transitions from us so Chase that's exactly where I'm going next as my cat decides to scratch at my door um, sorry about that hmm. uh Chase, how did how did you feel about the goals we conceded? Um, I guess you can obviously start start with the first one, second one. Um, but but how did you feel about the defending on those? Did you have anything you wanted to point out that that frustrated you or annoyed you, or um, was it just Cincinnati had some good build up to their to their two goals?
2: Yeah, I think we were a little too easy to be, not even really just like broken down, but there was just. You know, Lucho Acosta was allowed too much space. And uh, the second goal, we got caught in transition. And it almost happened a third time when, you know, I think it was off a corner or something. And like Brandon Vasquez almost got his third. You know, Galese came out and he shot from like 40 yards out because Galese was way off his line. Um, and it went wide. So I think we were able to be hit on transition a little bit too easily, which is obviously going to happen when we – play through our fullbacks a decent bit and you know we have a lot of people pushed up
0: uh real quick um, addendum to that point uh, hmm. who's our best midfielder at stopping transition opportunities
2: said boss, said
0: there boss you go. Is. thank you continue. yeah
2: <laughs> no and yeah obviously i kind of like agree with that especially like if you're looking to kind of shield a back line and be the man before Sebas is obviously the the clear um you know penned in name i guess at the six um, and, and you know, the two goals both were, you know, it's not like a galaxy brain take to say that Robin Johnson was pretty clearly at fault for much of it you know, on both occasions. Unfortunately, both times he kind of lost his man um, or at least made the wrong defensive decision. Like, you know, he kind of was caught in no man's land more on the first. And then the second one, he was also caught in no man's land. But he very clearly kind of should have put more pressure onto Brandon Vasquez, who was just able to find so much space in the box but also i think on the second goal which you know he was defending in transition which is a very hard thing to do i think huan should have known better than to try and go in on like a 50 50 shoulder against dominic right yeah like i think that he should have marked the space more than he should have tried to go in for the ball because that is just you know i mean shoot i'm also i'm what i'm like 5'9 150 pounds who wants smaller than i but i definitely know what it's like to get bodied off of a ball and you kind of have to make your you have to be able to kind of understand that like you know when it is best to just put pressure mark space and and slow down the attack i guess for lack of a better terms and when you're able to and when there's a moment where you're able to try and go in and win a 50 50 and you know stop the attack at the source and i think huon made the wrong decision, but it was a decision that I think he definitely should have known better than, you know, and like he
0: usually makes the right decision. in, in yeah. that instance, like how many times have we seen him in a transition moment, run someone down and just kind of mark that space, like you said, and then they circle back and pass back to the midfield.
2: Yeah. The and I actually think, you know, thing... that's been, oh, go ahead. Go.
0: Sorry. I was going to say
1: is the first thing Maybe. that coaches tell defenders in moments like that is to delay is to slow them down and then make them turn around. Juan is fast enough to get in in front of Baji, make him turn around, and we're still 1-1, and we still have a chance. We have a better chance of winning the game at that point than at 2-1, because then they just bunkered.
2: Yeah, and I think Juan's done, like Adam said, he's done better than that. Like, that's been kind of one of his strengths this season, I think, kind of like that recovery transition defending, because obviously he's blindingly fast, and he's able to utilize it. So that that's also another reason why, as much as this is an unacceptable result, I'm not as like, you know, mayday about this, if that makes sense, because I think that these are very fixable errors. And, you know, also if Alec Khan didn't have a good game and more of our chances came off, you know, Urk and Carl had a big one as well. Um, we'd be having obviously a much better tune to this. And we won on XG, and I know that that's kind of boring and it's not as meaningful in one game, but I think that the defensive errors are relatively fixable so that's a better sign i guess
1: fun fact uh, fc cincinnati won on xg in their first two games and lost and they lost on xg in their third game and won
0: funny <laughs> how that happens but like we're not here to tell people the score right you can look up the score you can watch the game everyone knows cincinnati 1-2-1 we're here to analyze what happened what happened was orlando played better had the better chances Lost in decisive moments. Alec Khan had a great game. Some decisive moments were the saves he made. Some other decisive moments were those transition opportunities where, you know, key players in those transition opportunities just didn't make the right defensive decisions or didn't execute properly. And sometimes that happens. And that's why it's called expected goals, not actual goals. (laughs)
1: Yeah, both of you are spot on. The,
0: the, I think, Chase, you, you said it really well. They
1: are fixable mistakes. And, Adam, y- your point in there is valid as well. This is a game of inches. This is a game where one wrong decision can cost you three points. This sport in general, I mean, not just this match. Every every small thing matters. And that's why on those video analysis threads, I have 50 freaking posts on we could have done this better, or this was really good, and this is why, or... You know, Urso takes two or three extra steps before giving a, before passing the ball off on transition, and I'm saying you've got to be quicker there. Uh, same thing with Maurizio. Why are you taking two, three steps? Release the ball. That sort of thing. Those two or three steps are are the difference between a, a shot on goal and, and a and a good chance, or the defense is back in shape and they delay you and and you can't do anything. So. If Juan so, stopped, stops Bodgy
0: there, then then we're one one. To that point, I want to talk about like the little steps thing. Because I think that's a good point you bring up. I you know that I'm a fan of, of quick passing play and and take maybe the one step to, to pick your head up and then and then move the ball. You know I'm a fan of that. And I thought they tried that and some of it came off, but it's so hard when you don't have the chemistry yet. Like this is a brand brand new um attacking core that still has to gel and we've said it a million times in our episodes this year and we will keep saying it until it happens we got to be patient and i think we also have to be patient with the speed at which this attack progresses because we've seen uh i forget exactly what minute it was the first half ball gets to mauricio and he's in in that zone 14 that perfect position tries to one touch the ball into cara's path and he just kind of overhits it and it lands right at defender's feet, and it it is that quick passing that that tiki taka in the final third that we love to see. And they couldn't pull it off because they're not ready to pull that off yet. And and then they slowed down a little bit. They kind of were putting more crosses in. They were taking a a touch or two to make sure everyone was where they were supposed to be. It's not as pretty, but it still created chances. So I think I think it's more of a comfort thing, and that it will eventually pick up a little bit once they're familiar with exactly the weight of the pass that's not only needs to be going out but that's coming to them so they can they can you know maybe receive it on a half turn and go immediately rather than having to trap the ball first and then figure out what they want to do
1: all right um anything else to say before we move into questions chase
2: no I think that we've covered it quite well I know we got a lot coming up though, a lot of questions
1: yeah we got a lot of questions we appreciate the interactions guys um we've got a couple of really good questions and Adam I uh, that was a good point by the way <laughs> I kind of glazed over it but but I thought that was a really good point so uh so good contribution um the first one I wanted to start with and chase I'll go to you uh legendary David Valentin at florida underscore man 76 was overconfidence a factor on saturday
2: well, yeah i think I, daniel put it quite well i think in a tweet um you know daniel our other lions blog contributor where just i think approaching any game with the assumption that you have already won it before a ball is even kicked is always going to be a mistake like we see that in all Uh, countries i guess you could say where the game is played like any sort of cup competition in england where it's like you know uh like a, a league one team playing a premier league team like if you approach that game with you know the idea that you've already won it and then there's a team like cincinnati or like you know whatever a lower league team that you know cincinnati's on a 14 game winning streak like you said obviously they're going to try and fight and claw just if nothing to save embarrassment um, it puts you at a disadvantage right out right out the gate. So, yeah, I think that overconfidence can always be a bit of an issue. like obviously, you you need to be confident in your ability. You need to be realistic in your confidence, I guess you could say. but you know, assuming I think more so overconfidence, I guess these could be the same thing. I think it was like it was felt that there was just an assumption that this was a simple win, and I don't think you can ever approach a game like that, no matter who the competition is really. and I think that that could be something, and and you know it's a lot more than just this, but that could also be something that played, you know, played a factor in our our downfall um, in this previous game.
1: Yeah, I agree with your assessment there,
2: Adam. Um,
1: at Kirby Hazard says, uh, "Oh, hey Charlotte, yeah." (laughs) Uh, she said, "Yeah, I got one." What the fuck, bro? (laughs) No, um, but she says, in all seriousness. Mm -hmm. How does the team bounce back from that kind of loss? Of course, it's still early in the season, but that was so poor. Is it a tactical change or a mental change or both?
0: I think you gotta you gotta be patient. And and Uskvarja said that said this after the match, and I thought he had the exact right mindset. He said, "We play we played the game the best we could. It didn't come off for us, but if we continue to play the right way, the results will come." You don't need to change anything, not a single thing. I mean, obviously clean up the mistakes. You know, they'll go over those in the film room. They're going to work on them in training. They'll probably do a few like defensive transition drills this week. You don't need to change your tactics or anything because the tactics work. They got in good positions. They had chances to score. It's up to the players to finish. Perea can't go out there and kick the ball in the net for them. So I, I think it's just, it's a new team, new attacking players. We got to be patient and you just, you, you, you put your head down and you work and you move on to the next one. And I bet you because of the way this team is and the resiliency they've shown, uh, we got LAFC and Portland and LA galaxy coming up. I pro, not in that order. I know. I think we win two of those games. I, I think I, I'm, I'm put, I think we win two of those games and, and I think because of the disappointing results that we've seen so far, they're they're probably gonna get their asses handed to them in practice. And there's gonna be, I think the next what is the next in Galaxy, Portland. Galaxy, then Portland, then. I think I think, oh, I think the- we're gonna come out and put on a show against the Galaxy. That's my prediction.
1: Interesting. Galaxy looked good recently. They did they have. lose to Seattle, but I they think um, they I were think the they're team be
0: even. up for that game. I think I think Orlando City's gonna be up for that game. They're gonna be fired up against a good opponent. And they're going to show, hey, that's not the real us. This is the real us. And I think if what I think about Oscar Preha is true, they will be up for the game.
1: Chase, to kind of counter that that point, um, N.J. Tommy, um, at Aguay Goat, um, he's in Orlando. Uh, he is an Orlando City fan, obviously, but he's a Manchester City fan, and that's supposed to be Aguero, but it says Go at the end. Um, How damaging will yes. that be? Will the result be mentally with a tough stretch of fixtures in the immediate future? So I guess piggybacking off of what Adam said, do you see it being damaging, and if so, how much?
2: I don't know. I mean, I think that obviously I understand where the frustration comes from, from like Everyone who's a fan of Orlando City about this result because it is very inexcusable to lose to a team like this. But I also think that looking at the performance itself, you know, it's not going to be good for the confidence of the players, obviously, but I don't think it's as, as much as an issue um, as it could look, I guess firsthand. Now obviously it would have been better to come out with a with a win uh, and you know, have a very good performance going into these two games on the west Coast and then, you know, a hard game at home against LAFC, right? That game's at home, right? If I'm not mistaken. Pretty yeah, sure it is. it's Anyways. two
1: away and then the third one's at home, LAFC. Yeah. Like
2: th- that's a very, that's a very hard, you know, schedule coming forward. And it would have been good to have a very good performance topped with a win. But I don't know. I don't think it's as detrimental as a, you know, a loss to FC Cincinnati might look firsthand.
1: Yes, I I tend to agree with that. I think that... I I don't think it'll be damaging. I think it'll be a hard one to take. Um, The word I used in my instant reaction video that I put up was that I was gutted. And I think that's kind of how the players might feel. Is like, you know, we, we created enough to at least, you know, get a draw. And just, we were the better team on the day. We created the chances... And they just transitioned and got... They, they were clinical. They were absolutely clinical. They, they had two other chances. One was the Kubo toe poke that went over the bar. Then the other was that Brandon Vazquez where Galesa got caught in no man's land and had to rush him, basically. Um, because he, he couldn't turn around and run away. Uh, he had to rush that. So, uh, I feel like they'll be gutted. I feel like they'll they'll feel that they're they're on the right path though. That and, and we all knew. I don't know how many times we're gonna say it on this episode alone. We all knew this was gonna be a a rough start in the attacking half of the pitch. Um Adam, I think this is a really good question. At Nathan Vink says Do you believe this is going to be the preferred lineup? Pato and Kara with no Benji And if so, what are the advantages in disadvantages we obviously talked about the attack already and the makeup of it but what do you feel are the advantages and disadvantages of having Pato cara and facundo torres um in this system i'll put that caveat on it not okay. the system that you wanted
0: well the i i realized is going to play his system not my his my system as Why he not? should <laughs> i know oscar hit me up bro we're getting tattooed together. Um, <laughs> no. Um, the, the advantage is obvious. It's quality. Uh, would you, so the guy that you're flip flopping is, is Pato Pato versus Benji or eventually Gaston Gonzalez. That's kind of the, uh, the question there of who's starting your preferred 11. Um, you want Pato out there, right? He he's, just an overall better player and a coach's job is to take their best 11 players and make them work. I would argue that Mendez is in our, if I were building a best 11, I would choose Mendez over Arujo. I think he's at least more used to the league. I think he's a spectacular player. Uh, Y'all know, I love him. Um, So I I would insert Mendez there at the six. I think he's better for what we want to do. In, in terms of having that midfield a, a, in which anyone can can show up in a dangerous spot and make something happen and mendez has shown his capability to do that especially in, in the second half of last season and and he's very good at at advancing the ball and then going with the play uh which i think if if our attack needs time to gel we need some creation from the midfield and i think mendez would be better at that but Talking mainly about the attack, the advantage is the quality there. If you're going to start Pato, the disadvantage is twofold One Pato's not a runner, and uh, we have guys like Mauricio, like Arrojo, who does have a good long ball, even though it hasn't shown in MLS so far that much. He he does have the capability of hitting that good long ball. Mauricio and uh, and Torres also likes to hit runners. Um, uh, John Moutinho forgot his name for a second as a solid left foot, Robin Johnson. We have some guys who can, who can hit a long ball and find a guy downfield. Pato is not that guy. He might be able to, to hold up with his skill a little bit, but he's not going to get on the end of a play that much. And then beat a guy off the dribble just with his speed and score, because he is not that guy anymore. Uh, Benji is that guy. Um, so that that's the one trade-off you're getting there and, and as we've talked mm-hmm. to, uh, before you do need guys to be runners a- everyone can't be the ball control star you need role players benji is a an excellent excellent role player and also benji's defense has really really stepped up uh he's his work rate is incredible he gets back on defense he puts in a solid shift there and again that's something pato doesn't do so it, it's basically you're looking for a a ball dominant contributor that would be pato or are you looking for a an extremely solid um role player that will have some great moments and that's benji i think we will see both of them a season i don't think that pato is going to start every single game just because some games will call for that role and he and we're gonna want to or maybe carl won't start every single game um but i th- i think we we'll, we will see benji start some more even with everyone healthy. Uh, But I would say the majority of the time we will see both Pato and Cara. For me, I think you're spot on in terms of the analysis
1: of what the advantages and disadvantages are. I think I lean more towards I feel like we need to have a more balanced attack because we already have our runner on the right. We have Huon on the right. He's our runner on the right. On the left... We don't have anybody yet. It's it, We don't have anybody if Benji's not in, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Facundo is not that up and, and down straight line runner like Benji is or like Gaston Gonzalez will be when he comes in. That, that's the type of player Gaston Gonzalez is. He's a straight line runner up and down. So I think the balance, the best balance of our attack right now, I think you're looking at Pato, Benji... Facundo on the right, because then Fakundo can come in, have that kind of interplay, it's, it's also and then who on the overlap.
0: Is zero coincidence that the the attack that looks the best right now, is the attack that played together in preseason? Because yeah, notice that's a left, good point. you left Kara out there. The only way Kara is going to get integrated is with playing time. It's the only yeah. way it's going to get it's going to happen. I think we gotta gotta bite the bullet on the growing pains early. And figure out that best 11 before the end of the season when we don't have enough time. Remember the end of last season when Pato was healthy, but no one knew how to integrate him, so he didn't play. <laughs> and he just came in yeah. Nashville and nearly won the game for us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> don't I, I do let think that, that happened again.
1: I do think maybe against um, uh, Cincinnati. I feel like for that game in particular, um, I feel like it could have been Benji, Kara, um, Faku on the right, because Benji showed that we needed a stretcher on the left. We had I mean, no, we had no running, sure. n- no running on the left, and with the system they were playing, we needed to to attack down the wings because that was the only space we were going to be yeah, give Benji
0: Benji was good when he when he came up. I th- I feel like he needed to shoot a little bit earlier. I think he hesitated a little. Yes. bit. Yes, yes, he um, did, but. Overall, he was good in getting those positions, but also we should have won that game anyway.
1: Fair enough, Chase. What do you think about the the attack and the makeup and, and the lineup? Oh, and also I will say in midfield, and, and we don't have to go in depth on this, but I think our best midfield is mendez Araujo, and Pereira. But go ahead, Chase.
2: Yeah, I actually kind of answered this question a bit earlier, um, but yeah, I. I, I think that Adam makes a good point about like Kara at the moment, not being overly bled in because he didn't get like a full preseason and stuff like that. But conversely, you just kind of have to bite that bullet and try to get your best attackers to work well together because obviously that's how we're going to get the best out of this team. Um, and yeah, I also agree that Mendez at the six is kind of a necessity and I, I, part of me thinks that maybe there's like an external reason why he has not been playing other than just coach's choice, because like, I don't know. I mean, I get wanting to have Araujo in as well for the same reason. You want to get him kind of accustomed to the team. Um, But yeah, I I think that he needs to be in there for, you know, maybe not in like the the final third, but other than that, he is a pretty all action player, has a lot of the qualities that you would want out of a, a lone six at the base of the midfield. Um, and yeah, just like I honestly, I, I kind of guess I would echo a lot of what Adam said and I'll leave it at that as much of a shitty answer that is,
1: <laughs> yeah, Adam's answers are shitty. <laughs> no, I know what you were saying always um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it from the uh... toilet next time. <laughs> Good one uh i think all the rest of the question oh we have one more serious question the rest of them are kind of silly ones um this is from H there in the group chat also hit me up if you want to join the group chat it's on twitter i think it maxes out at 50 and we have like 30 in there um it's active every day we, we talk, obviously talk about orlando city and anything else uh going on in the soccer world but definitely orlando city on twitter um, MTBH says, Who do you think would be more successful at free kicks? Um, on, on the team, I guess they didn't really specify who they said they thought, I guess, here Pato Joao or Facundo, who should be taking free kicks?
2: Uh, Adam, sorry, I, I think. Wrote Pato. Oh, okay. Uh really? Oh, yeah, I think I think Pato has obviously probably a good delivery, but I think that he is other than Kara, one of the targets, I guess, for a free kick. Oh,
0: that's true. Mauricio. Because Mauricio can't score.
2: Yeah. Mauricio <laughs> for He's electric to say.
0: scoring. <laughs> Mauricio um, has started for now, what, four seasons as an attacking player for us and has one goal, two goals?
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. And he's been shooting a lot this season. Now, maybe that like starts to come off again at the end of the season. We have just have to go through the growing pains. But his shooting's been awful. And every
0: time I see it, I just want to tear my hair out. (laughs) So, so yeah, he um, how about this? If we want the guy taking the free kick to score, Pato should take it. If we want the guy taking it to kick it to someone who can score, Pereira should take it.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, on the direct shot on goal, Pato, and then
0: on a delivery,
2: it should be Pereira or Facundo, even or something like that. Yeah,
1: all right. Um, similar but a little different. Who should be taking penalties?
2: Is anyone good? Adam, I think Pato, um, personally, I just based off
0: of a gut call, honestly. I would say Urso ursa ursa whenever we see him take a penalty is just kind of smashed it I, I like that approach yeah. if, in that same vein uh, i've also thought johnson as well i was maybe, about to yeah. say johnson johnson maybe <laughs> just, just okay. smash it the one the player just on the team who takes the best penalties is, is no joke kyle smith oh 100 percent. which is ironically. thing no, I'm 100% serious. If Kyle Smith was a regular starter, I 100% believe he should be taking penalties. Of the regular starters, I think I would go Urso, Janssen. If we're not going to have an attacking player who's going to legitimately finish them, I, I want someone to just kind of pick pick a side and smash it.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, All right, so I guess we have some silly questions to go through. Um... L, at L underscore Hoosier, um, how do I make the pain go away? Chase, how do you make the pain go away?
2: Hmm. If you're asking me, I would say uh, go for a walk or something like that. But if you're asking Daniel, I would think that uh, a trip to the bar would be with the doctor. <laughs> well,
1: it depends on the pain. Well, or the need to pub, go to the he doctor.
0: Said. Yeah, he says the pub. You, you can sure. also try screaming in your bed.
1: <laughs> um face up or face down
0: that depends on uh, I, this is a family friendly podcast mm. <laughs> screaming
1: into a pillow is actually very soothing Honestly, very okay
0: strange. pro restaurant tip those uh those walk-in coolers are generally soundproof because of how thick they are mm. very good for screaming in yeah By i mean, walk maybe a also- to bread. I spent a lot of time in the
2: in the walk-in closet like, airbred, or walking
0: whatever
1: I walked into an associate screaming in the the freezer
0: yeah and did you I, let I
1: walked, them be yeah. um yeah I sat her down and made sure she was okay cuz I was literally the general manager but well okay yes <laughs> I let her be but, yeah. <laughs> um
0: yeah
1: um at @gary1123 adam uh, who is volunteering to spend time with Juan discussing how to properly serve the ball into
0: dangerous areas? It should be his, his fullback buddy, Mutinio, right? <laughs> okay, can we can we get Mutinio just to donate his left foot to Juan? To Juan's right foot? Well, I, I, I don't necessarily think that if Juan had two left feet, it would solve the problem. But if he could invert and put it an in decent to his left, I think that'd be a little better. Honestly, he needs to start. I don't know, man. He was doing so well the first two matches.
1: but do you do you remember that one where he got in on the right? I know he got got in the right like six times, but he chipped it up for no reason. Yeah, do you guys remember mad. that? Like, that I don't know bad. if it like hit off his left foot or something, but like, Kara is right there near post for a tap in
0: and chips it to him. I was like, are you kidding? You me? know what I, I think about so mad. I think he needs to take players on more. He's always been at his best. And, and if I think if we look at who on assists, if we did a, a compilation, a lot of them would be when he like gets completely free and is able to put in a, a, a cross on the ground rather than putting it in the air. Cause he's a decent passer yes. if the ball doesn't have to go off the ground, and and because and, then he picks his head up and he and he just kind of slots a pass through, rather than trying to to curve it over the top. I think he needs to take players on more and make them afraid of his speed, and get some more space so he can he can slot a pass through, rather than trying to cross it.
1: Yeah, and honestly, um, N.J i want to say i was talking to um a great a queer a guay goat there's no r there so it's not a guay ro, it's a guay goat i think it was him in the group chat who said is it a coincidence that facundo or that um huan looks better in the attack with facundo on the right and then Joel martino looks better with um Facundo on the left. It was not Aguigo. I think it was Daniel Cluley, and I was tweeting at him um, after halftime. I think it was him. Um, which I think is kind of an interesting statement to make. Uh, but yeah, other silly questions I guess I should go into. Um, OC Fan TV 22 who um, will have an announcement coming soon regarding this podcast. Um, is it just an Orlando soccer club thing to have a fantastic attack and it just not work? Chase.
2: Well, I certainly hope not. Whoa. <laughs> oh.
1: your, your mic is hot, bud.
2: Yeah. my Yeah, hold on. There you go. My phone died, so I had to, like, plug in my charger. But, uh oh. yeah, I don't know. I certainly... Yeah, I was gone for, like, a minute there. I don't know if y'all even know. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> i did not yeah
0: i did and then be... i went looking for you and re- you reappeared i was like oh there he <laughs> is
2: yeah i'm like a pokemon in the wild um <laughs> yeah it's it's i don't know it happens to everyone it's very frustrating when it does and i hope it does not stick around Unless you know that's that goes unsaid i hope that we alec Khan. i think that uh is that Khan? whatever his person is I, he's he's done this to us before so whenever we see him on the schedule i get a little bit nervous so let's hope for some goalkeeper howlers next week because i think we definitely deserve the luck
1: yeah while well, we're playing against ivachic or oh, no 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 who's the galaxy goalkeeper now they got rid of uh
2: is it Spier- bond so
1: oh it is bond isn't it he's kind of like a was-
2: goalkeeper yeah he's he's had like i think was it last year or the year before where he had like a good like really good like two or three months but yeah he's he's solid good not great you know
1: yeah he might as well be steve clark to me um uh fl data dude um <laughs> will we ever have to play against con again adam probably yes. yeah we'll have to play against him quite a bit he's young he's gonna be around this league for quite a while um There was a reason he was so hyped up this offseason. But,
0: but, good news, it will not be an Atlanta United kit.
1: That is a fact. And then Chase, just to finish off here, um, at Adrian underscore Viveros, how many extra fans do you think Vela brings out on April 2nd? Enough to counter the amount of fair weather fans that skip because of the Cincinnati
2: loss? Hmm. Well, first off, my phone is back at 1%, so if I get cut off, my bad boy you better start answering yeah i think that carlos vela i think definitely obviously with like you know like as with any mexican player in america um and i don't i don't mean that in a negative way honestly we'll bring out a lot of international fans like fans of the international team uh el tree i guess you could say um but to answer the other part of his question i hope we don't have a lot of people abandoning ship after an albeit very bad loss but, oh, God, I I, shut it. I I kind of think the attendance has, has not been overly great, especially this game, even though it was cold or whatever. But God, it, was it picks 16, up 16,000. drops down. Yeah, and it just it doesn't look, I don't know, it doesn't look, I think that could be tickets sold rather than actual attendance. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, um, boys, I, I thank you for a, a good measured conversation on a pretty frustrating match. I appreciate it. None of us got heated um maybe Mm. after a tough road trip things could be different so i can't wait for those conversations to come or maybe they'll be super exciting like adam's Uh, saying and we're just gonna go on a great run (laughs) 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 we shall see that is the ups and downs of an mls season um yeah really appreciate it guys really really appreciate it i know it's late on a monday night and chase since you're probably gonna die here in a second your phone i should say yeah (laughs) time crunch
2: yeah oh shoot
1: um where can our listeners find you
2: at? Uh you can find me on Twitter at bobos OCSC Yo.
1: <laughs> Chase's phone is gonna die, not Chase. And Adam how to get it out there.
0: Yeah. Where are you where can our listeners find you at? Oh and how we did can... your events go? Uh pretty good. We um we're learning how to operate a food truck on the fly, so that's fun. <laughs> uh you can find me at Kosher Taco Truck on my personal accounts or at uh, Facebook, Cappy's Subs, Twitter, Cappy's Food Truck, Instagram, Cappy's Food Truck, and all of my event dates are listed on those pages. And come out and see me because it's good. Fun.
1: Good stuff. All right, Orlando City fans, keep your heads up. It was a really disappointing match, but uh, we got two really big ones coming up that we cannot wait to see. And all I can say then after that is vamos Orlando. Have a good night. Lobos you.